Welcome to Meeting Melvins, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another episode of the Meeting Malcolmist podcast. Uh, we have completed the task at hand and met Malcolmus, but we're still ticking along here whenever we've got uh, some news to pass by your way or uh, an update uh, of some sort, like the pod list, for example. Get your songs in, folks. Uh, I've heard precious little from you. Uh, would love to be able to put out a pod list for my birthday again this year, but so far I've heard nada. So there's that. This episode is coming your way because I was really fortunate. Uh, I reached out to the social media person for the Gary Young documentary, Louder Than You Think, and they got back to me, and I was able to sit down with Brian Thalkin, one of the producers, uh, was in the Fall of Christianity with Gary, and the director, uh, Jed Rosenberg. So I had a really good time sitting and meeting with them. Perhaps I was a little too high. Uh, you can be the judge of that. But we had a, I think we had a great 45-minute discussion about the film. I got a chance to watch it. It's really quite good, and uh, you should watch it as well when it comes out. I can't wait for it to come out at the theater and and to see it in a theater. It should be just wonderful. So there's that. That's what I've got for you this week. It's a, an interview, like I said, with Jed and Brian on Louder Than You Think, the Gary Young documentary. Before we get into that, let's listen to a track. Let's listen to something that Gary would have had some influence on. Let's listen to Angel Carver Blues Mellow Jazz Docent on Meeting Alchemist, a pavement podcast. <laughs> I am sitting here today with director Jed I. Rosenberg and producer Brian Thalkin. Did I say that right, Brian? You did. That's that's great. Oh, excellent. <laughs> that's that's the thing I worry about the most. But hey, there we are. We nailed it. So there's that. I'm really pleased to have watched the film and see and got to see what you guys 
put together and and what you got. So J- JD, as a, as a super fan, uh, did you like some of the new footage that you must not have seen before? Because some of this stuff was like from the archives of deep in the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That that part of it was super cool. Yeah, there's some there's some cool stuff even like with the you know Scott at this party kind of talking about Gary and like uh, just kind of like home video stuff that just Scott was uh, you know we were really fortunate that he found this stuff and was able to provide it and uh, trusted us with it and so there's even like a quick shot of uh, behind the camera I think it's Bob who's saying to Mark. Hey, have you met Steve West? And like, it's like literally like them. Oh wow! Be, you know, being there for the first. If you rewatch it, you can kind of catch that. It's, it happens very quickly, but yeah, these 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 moments that um, you know we're we're excited because I know that the fans will appreciate seeing some of this stuff and and uh, getting a little bit of a peek, uh, you know, behind the curtain that I think you know has never been seen. So um, yeah, very cool. So the film was released at South by Southwest. I'm curious what the feedback has been like so far in terms of folks that have uh, taken in your project. Yeah, I think that, I mean, honestly, it's been all very positive. Um, You know, lots of, you know, and, and, and I think that there's something for everybody. I think that if you don't know much about the band, I think there's still something there to latch onto. I think we have these puppet sequences that people really have responded to positively. And very uh, cool. I think that's really propelled things, uh, you know, pretty significantly uh, for our audiences who can just sort of like be mesmerized by this marionette uh, artistry that we were able to include. Uh, And, you know, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a character piece, you know, it's about this guy, Gary, you know, the band pavement happens to be part of his story and that's important. But for us, it's about telling Gary's story specifically and, and telling uh, this, you know, this era through his lens, you know, through his perspective, uh, which I don't think we get a lot from the sort of the historical uh, tellings of the band. I think that he he plays a really big part, but we don't really know that much about him. And the hope is that we can really explore him as a person and see what makes him tick and understand the serendipity of his placement in the band and the way that he helps uh, inspire the other guys. They inspired him and a lot of this really important music that was that was the genesis of the band and how they exploded and blew up. This was Gary. Gary was very much uh, instrumental in that. And of course... He has his demons and he has his issues. And so those, those things ended up sort of undoing uh, a lot of the momentum that he had. Uh, and so there's this kind of like push and pull, I think, within him of, you know, being uh, an entertainer and being someone who loves being in the spotlight and someone who is self-destructive and can't help but uh, be his own worst enemy in a lot of ways. So it's a complicated character piece, and I think that that hopefully is something that will and does uh, allow an audience, regardless of your knowledge of pavement, to uh, be excited by the film. And uh, yeah, thus far it, it's been it's been really good. Uh, Brian, do you want to add anything to that? I, I think that <laughs> that pretty much that's pretty comprehensive and covers it. But uh, yeah. Well, Brian, I wanted to talk about the genesis of the of the project as a as a whole. Sure. I'm wondering what you could tell us about that. Well, uh, my my producing partner Jeff Clark and myself uh, for we've been friends with Gary for over forty years. I first met Gary back in 1979 uh, when he joined or we joined a band together called The Fall of Christianity. And, um, so we've, we've been friends with Gary for, you know, a very long time. And we just thought that, uh, you know, his story was very unique. Um, you know, it, it, he's kind of the last person, uh, that we ever thought would become a successful musician, you know, from our group of friends when, 
we were starting out in bands and that uh, just because he was a bit of an oddball, you know, <laughs> we were all playing. We wanted to play punk rock and Gary came from a totally different background. He he was very willing to, to play punk rock with us, but he didn't, you know, he didn't dress like a, a typical punk rocker or, you know, he didn't have the musical knowledge um, of that genre. He, you know, his favorite bands were Yes and, uh, you know, I don't know, Procol Harum and <laughs> things like that. So he came from a, a, a totally different world than we did. So, um, but uh, and we, we thought that his story was just so unique that we wanted to get it out, you know, to a, a wider audience. And Jeff and our uh, good friend David Nicholson, who's the cinematographer on the film, they actually started uh, uh, a documentary back in 2007, or they, they, they attempted to. They, they went and spent a couple of days filming Gary, um, but for some reason it never got off the ground then. And so it was back in about 2018, 2019, just pre-COVID, um, I had produced uh, another short independent film and I approached Jeff with, you know, resurrecting this project. Um, so we started in, in 2019 and um, brought Jed on board with us and uh, David Nicholson um, and got started on it. But pretty much as soon as we got started is when COVID hit and that kind of uh, threw a, you know, a spanner into the works and just it made it difficult. I'm located in Vancouver, Canada, so I couldn't cross the border. Uh, to go to any interviews and that, and Jed and, and David, uh, fortunately, were on the right side of the border and were able to do that. So uh, that that's kind wow. of the background on it. Wow. Well, once you got to the point of resurrecting, how difficult or easy was it to get Gary on board? It was very easy to get Gary on board. Uh, you know, Gary's motto is any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> and, and he, he was very keen, you know, to, to, to be part of this and, you know, uh, and, and the, the other pavement guys as well, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I, I've known Steve Malkmus just about as long as I've known Gary, not, not quite as well, I guess, but we started out playing in the same punk rock scene together and uh, Scott Canberg as well. I've stayed in, in touch more with Scott um, back in 2010 when Pavement did their reunion tour. Um, they graciously invited uh, another of my punk rock bands called The Authorities um, to open up for them when they played in our hometown of Stockton. And uh, they also uh, brought us over to England with them to play the All Tomorrow's Parties Festival. So. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, we've been in touch with those guys and uh, they've been on board with the project the whole time. Scott, more than anyone, has been uh, a major help and uh, just helping us anytime we hit a roadblock, he would come in and clear it for us. I would also add that the the authorities, uh, this band that Brian was in, is is a really important part of the pavement story in a lot of ways because these guys were kids and they looked up like like the authorities were a significant group in stockton you know in this punk scene they were really big and if you read like early interviews with the guys in you know little fanzines and things they talk about the authorities as being a band that they really you know looked up to and appreciated and um, had a lot of uh, re you know high regards for them and so I think it's kind of it's it's pretty cool that you know Brian has that um, that position uh, and was able to sort of um, you know I, I mean we have footage of uh, Malkmus when he was in the Straw Dogs like a very short clip I don't know if you were able to see that yeah but, yeah so it's like that stuff no one has seen that before you know but it's like it kind of gives you a sense of what that scene was I mean it was small and tight and. You know, I'm just speaking not from uh, my own experience, but just from what I'm, I'm hearing from Brian and Jeff and Gary and everybody else. Like it was everybody knew each other. And that includes these guys that would become this enormous indie rock band. Maybe she is 
socket, eyes in the socket, so I'm gonna sock it. What is your personal history with with the band? Uh, well, my, my personal history, it, it all relates back to Gary. Um, you know, I, I knew Gary much better than I knew Scott or Steve. Scott worked uh, at a, a record store uh, that was managed by my brother. And, uh, you know, uh, Steve uh, was in, as Jed mentioned, he was in a band called The Straw Dogs that we played with many, many times. Uh, but for, for me, personally, it's more to do with Gary. Uh, you know, I met Gary when I was 17 and he was 26. And uh, he was kind of a, a musical mentor, in a sense, for me. He turned me on to a lot of stuff that, you know, I otherwise wouldn't have known about. I bet. I, I I can't even imagine having access to someone like Gary Young. Well, no, no one knew, you know, where Gary was headed back in those days. Honestly, he was just kind of this, this older, uh, you know, at 26, we thought he was this washed up hippie. Um, you know, but look, look <laughs> looking back on it now, he was just a kid as well. So Chad, anything, uh, in, in, in your recent or, way past history uh in terms of pavement yeah i mean i'm 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 disconnected with you know as far as like a personal connection but i certainly listened to them in high school and college and i remember being in college i I was in new york and a lot of people that i would meet and become friends with and we would talk about bands and different artists Uh, the people who were really into like indie music and things that were not mainstream always loved pavement and yeah. in my head, it became this association where indie rock sort of meant pavement. Like I would literally hear the genre indie rock. Someone would be like, oh, I really li- I like indie rock. In my head, immediately, it was pavement. And almost every time I would say, oh, do you like pavement? Of course. Like that's a that's a top group for them, right? And so it was like this funny thing where they represented something larger than the music that they made. And that was always how I viewed them and thought of them because of that you know, personal association I had. Um, so I got a call from David Nicholson, who we mentioned is the DP or the cinematographer of the project. He and I've made a lot of stuff together and, you know, we're good friends. And he was like, Hey, do uh, do you know the band pavement? And I was like, of course. And he was like, how do you feel about like maybe coming on to be this, uh, be the director for this project about, uh, the original drummer. Uh And I was like, I don't really know anything about the original drummer, but I, you know, certainly know a lot about pavement, you know, as far as like how important they are and the influence and everything. What's kind of funny, and and I wonder if you come across this, JD, with your, you know, in in your circles, but when I signed on to do the project, I was like, this is, oh man, everyone's going to like hear that I'm doing this and it's going to be, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, pavement. And I started telling people, yeah, I'm working on this project with this band pavement and just like I'll, most people would be like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like most people oh, wow. that, I, that I would come across would be like, I, Oh, okay, cool. Um, and what I realized is that it, it is more niche than I, than I in my head thought, you know? And I think that, um, but then like I went to a party and it was like all these people from college and every single person knew pavement and was very excited and like, was like wanted to talk my ear off about, the band and the project and this and that. So it's like this funny thing where if you know about the band, you love them and it's like this cult 
status. And if you don't, yes. it's just not part of, you know, your radar and that's okay. But it's just kind of funny how I learned a little bit more about that as the project developed uh, from a personal perspective. Yes, there. Uh, you have to hit the right demo, I suppose, at this point, you know. Um, but if you hit that sweet spot, yeah, boy, oh boy, do they go back to the gold sounds. What's it like working? And and I, either of you guys can answer this question. Uh, like I hope you both will. But what's it like working with Gary Young? <laughs> like, what's that like? Well, uh, I'll, I'll start off here and. You know, when, when I first worked with Gary in, in, in a band, The Fall of Christianity, uh, we ended up kicking Gary out of the band. <laughs> and, and a lot of the reasons that uh, he left the band were the same reasons that made him very popular uh, in pavement. Uh, you know, he, he, I don't know, he couldn't ever remember what song was coming up next. Um, he would get up in the middle of a song and do a headstand. You know, when, when he was supposed to be drumming, he would be at the bar. Um, I think the bar was a little more accessible back then because we didn't have quite the number of people in the audience <laughs> that he had with pavement. Um, but, you know, it, it's also been great working with Gary because he, he is such a dear friend, uh, being able to spend time with him. And, uh, you know, he's a keener. Uh, he'll, he'll do whatever we ask him to do. And so it's been, I, 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 in a lot of ways, uh, you know, it, it's very easy to work with Gary. But again, he has his challenges. And so you have to kind of work around those. Jed, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's no secret that Gary drinks and he can get really drunk. And sometimes that ends up impeding some of the plans to film with him because you want him to talk about X, Y, and Z, and he's just not really there. Uh, and so that kind of would, would happen, but then, you know, you just film anyway and you just see what you get. And a lot of times that stuff was even more powerful than what we were planning on getting because it's just real and raw and what you see is what you get. And he's not, he never tries to, front for the camera or like put up a facade or fake anything. I mean, he really is just completely vulnerable. He's, he's open and that's, that's a, a really tough uh, thing to beat. You know, like when you, when you find a character who is, is that uh, uh, willing to put himself out there and to just, just be that raw uh, character that you're hoping to depict, you know, cause a lot of times the camera comes out and suddenly people get a little shy or protective and he, he was willing to talk about anything and be who he is. And I mean, that, that's kind of a dream, you know? So there were difficulties in some aspects, but I mean, he really, he was, he was a special person to be around in film. And also he's, he's a real ham. And so like, even if we were like not ready to film with him quite yet, he would start to like, you know, do things just for the, the, the camera, you know, he would just start singing a song or he would just, you know, make noises and, and be a goof. And it's great. I mean, that's what you want. If you're like following a character around and, and, and they can be free to be who they are. And, uh, and he, he loved it. I mean, he really loved being on camera and that's kind of, one of the through lines in this film is that he really likes attention. He really always wanted to be a star. He wanted to be the center. And so it's funny. Cause like when we, we screened the film for friends and family, um, it wasn't even finished yet, but we, we screened it. And I remember talking to Gary before we sat down to watch it. And I said, Hey, you know, how do you feel? And he said, he kind of like, you know, there was like almost like a tear in his eye. And he said, um, you guys made a documentary about me. Like what more could somebody ask for in this life? You know? And that really affected me too, because it was sort of like, yeah, I felt like really like we were able to do something that, um, he, you know, he deserved to have this and he deserves to, to be, uh, 
to have a film, you know, and, and I think that the fact that he was so grateful and he, you know, since then he's, he's even said uh, <laughs> multiple times about how like, you know, he's so grateful that we would do this for him. And like, we're grateful that you would do this for us. Like, it's not a one way street. Like we, we all really are uh, appreciative of the opportunity to make something together. It's a collaboration. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, he, he's a wonderful guy. And as you can tell, like it, it was, it was uh, really special for all of us to get together and, and do this together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a really beautiful, special way to tell the story of this really important band that a lot of people don't know about through this character that you couldn't write you you couldn't write if you hired the best writers out there you couldn't you couldn't you know like he's a an amalgam of a bunch of different archetypes but he's like beautiful through and through at the the same point you know what's funny jd is that um for me, it was actually, I was more worried about like my film friends and the documentary friends and critics and things in a, in that regard, because I wanted to just make a really good documentary. You know, I didn't, um, it didn't, but because for me, I would look at the footage and I would, you know, I'm, I'm like neurotic and, and just always like trying to make things as good as possible and worrying about how it could be better and better and better. So of course I'm like in my own head a lot just wondering like, Oh, are people going to like this? But the one thing that I kind of kept returning to that would ground me was I know the fans are going to like this, you know? And if that's, if that happens at the very least, we will have accomplished something really important because we want to service the, the fans too, you know? And I know that, just, just by the nature of seeing some of this footage um, and hearing some of these stories and getting some of these fresh perspectives, I really think the fans are going to uh, be very happy, you know? And so that actually was, was rather than feeling the pressure of trying to, uh, you know, service them in that way, it was actually the thing that made me like helped me keep going because I knew I I was excited to get the fans to see the film. I knew that they were going to like, I mean, there's like puppet sequences, marionettes of the band and stuff. Like how could you be a fan and not just kind of freak out when you see this stuff? So it's kind of like this opposite thing, but you know, maybe Brian has a, has a different perspective. Uh, No, not really. (laughs) It's uh, I, I was always very curious, you know, uh, this is the first documentary film that I've worked on. And so I was just curious myself, like how the story was going to unfold, uh, because I didn't have it in my mind. Um, but, you know, Jed did an amazing job of uh, bringing, uh, you know, the character of Gary out. And uh, and I think with all of our other interviewees, uh, Jed did a great job too, just making them relaxed and, and uh, enabling them to, you know, tell their side of the story about Gary. And uh, it all comes out uh, very genuine and and loving, you know. So, uh, and then uh, uh, Jed uh, edited the film along with uh, uh, a fellow named Greg King. And I think together that they they both did, again, just an amazing job of uh, putting the story together in a very, uh, you know, cohesive and coherent uh way that it that it unfolds um and you get a true sense of you know who gary really is
I, I walked away from the movie feeling like, you know, I did a, quite a bit of research early on with the podcast, and there's very little out there, you know, about the early years. So to, to see this and participate in this and experience this, yeah, I walked away feeling like I had a better sense of this band's history. And, um, and well, you know, JD, honestly, I, I learned so much, you know, I've, I've known a lot of these guys in the film for 40 years. And, uh, I, I, I learned so much from the interviews that, uh, that Jed did with everyone. So I have a much clearer picture in my mind, what pavement is all about. Yeah. If you, yeah, if, if you're listening to this, pay attention to your local listings and uh like is there is there a time that it'll go like it, like how does this work you do festivals for like a year or do you do that for as long as you can or yeah, I, I think the typical um festival circuit could take maybe about a year or so we're we are getting a lot of interest in the film uh we we um debuted at uh, south by southwest uh, in our category, we won the Audience Choice Award, um, wow. so we're we're getting um, a lot of attention. Thank you. Yeah, we're getting a lot of attention from festivals uh, all around the world. We've hired um, uh, an agent to handle the the festival and distribution uh, possible sales uh, side of this for us. So he's he's working very uh, hard and diligently on on that. Um, but the, the hope is to you know get it out into um, uh, the, do this the festival circuit, uh, possibly um, some screenings in in various markets, and uh, then eventually hopefully getting it onto some sort of streaming platform uh, where you know everyone can see it. Yeah, everybody needs to see it for sure. I want to know a little bit more about the choice that you made with. The marionettes and the you know the various um, puppet sequences in the film was that something that like how how does something like that get born? <laughs> well, um, first of all, I'll, I'll say the uh, the marionette sequences uh, they were directed by a woman by the name of uh, Adrian uh, Rose Leonard at uh, Little Wonder Productions. And uh, Adrian did an amazing job, uh, absolutely amazing. So, uh, you know, my hat's off to her. Um, when we first started on this film, my, my producing partner, Jeff, uh, Jeff Clark, had said to me that he had an idea of reenacting some of the, uh, the, the scenes using marionettes. And I have to be honest with you, like, I couldn't picture in my mind how that was going to work. Uh, <laughs> My background is in video game development, and so I'm more, you know, on the CGI side and computer-generated uh, art and, and that. And, and that's kind of what I, you know, what I had in mind is maybe do, doing something like that. But uh, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we did go with the marionettes um, because I think it, it is something that uh, it's, it's a bit surreal, those scenes. And... and um, you know, I think that they ended up really working. One of the reasons that we wanted to do something like that is we just didn't want to have nothing but a bunch of, you know, middle-aged white dudes on the screen talking about the band. So, uh, you know, to keep it interesting, um, we, we decided to, to go with the marionettes. And uh, I, I think it really works. Very cool. Yeah, I would say... Uh, it took me by surprise initially, uh, but as you know, the film moved on, and you know, there's more of it. It's like it's this, yeah, it is this clever way to sort of break the um, the the format or the modality, uh, I suppose. You know, the 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 way you're telling the tale. Uh, yeah, kudos. It's really a lot of fun. Surprising moments. Were there any, you know, when you make a film of this? Well, I guess, I guess I can reframe this question. How did the, how in the hell did you guys deal with COVID? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, luckily we shot a bunch of stuff before the, you know, everything went down. And then, you know, it gave us some time to work on the edit and kind of take our time a little bit and massage things and try things. Um, But then, you know, we had challenges, of course, because we still had some interviews we needed to get. And, you know, at that time, it's like no one knew how long this was going to be what's the new normal and so we had to get some zoom interviews happening which you know it is what it is we had, we just had to go for it and do it uh so that was you know a challenge for sure um and actually there were a few zoom interviews that we ended up uh refilming because we knew that we could we had access to the people that were doing it like kelly who you see in the film is um Gary's good friend who's in hospital later on. We did a Zoom interview initially. Um, and I'm glad we reshot that because it's like doing something over Zoom, you can only be so intimate with the subject. Sure. When we so we did an interview and it was great. It was, you know, he's he's wonderful to like, you know, hear his stories and things. But once we were in person with him, it was a whole other thing because like, I mean he he cries at the end of his interview and stuff like you don't really get that over zoom you know what i mean and so having that kind of barrier was a challenge to try to make sure that these interviews that you know there's only a couple of them but the interviews that we got over zoom you know hopefully like these are going to work because this is what we got you know um and i think they did you know i think everything worked out uh but yeah it was something that we definitely had to you know, take some consideration in the approach to these things. And then also like, it's not distracting at all. Like there's, there's nothing about the film that says COVID to me Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, like, so there is like a nice mix again of, you know, IRL and, and, and zoom and, you know, various other, yeah, yeah, and we kind of we, we kind of tried to justify it by saying like, ah, you know, they're a lo-fi band, and you know, we yeah. can throw in different elements, and we can have you know things that are high res and low res, and you know, marionettes and this and that, and it can all just work together because that's very punk rock or whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, like we just wanted to make a good film, and and uh, and I, I, you know, I think we uh, we made it work, and, and we're all very happy with that. But yeah, to answer your question, of course, like it's it's a difficult thing when you're dealing with that. But you know, we we lucked out in certain circumstances, and then I think we just made do in others. Was it was it ever in jeopardy at all? You know, through COVID. I don't think so. I think that we are going to make this thing, you know, regardless of circumstances, because I think we had enough in the can uh, before COVID that. We had something and we had something special and we were working on the edit, of course. And I think that, you know, the feedback within our team was, was extremely positive. You know, everybody's very, very excited about this. So I don't think there was any, any single thought of like, oh, this, we're not, that we're not going to finish this. Like we are going to finish this, you know, right? we, we, you know, it was going to happen, but yeah, yeah, of course we were delayed. Of course it slowed things down, um, you know, but Stressful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was there ever a thought of putting the three of them in the same shot in 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 the same room? Uh, Spiral, SM, and and Gary. Logistically, I think that would have been really difficult because they're all sort of located in different places. I mean, um, as you may know, like Spiral, he lived in Australia for a bit, and he's yeah. kind of lived in different places. Stephen lives you know, in the Pacific Northwest and Gary is not very mobile and he's in Stockton. So like to, to get them all together, what would have been challenging? And I don't think we needed to do that. I think it was, it was okay. Um, yeah. I mean, at the end we have like the puppet versions of them together. And I think that's yeah. uh, kind of a cool way to, you know, make that, uh, make that part of, uh, yeah, work.
box Smash your set and slash the beds And make it looks like a wife's ex We'll cover all the rugs with cheap goods Did you did you did you catch that there's that's a new pavement song technically at the end there? Yeah. Well, yeah, like what the <laughs> hell? So I'll, I'll tell you the story of that. So basically, uh, we were filming with Gary, and like you know, one of the things uh, that I was really worried about was like I don't want people to walk away thinking, "Oh, Gary, like what a sad story, what a sad sack," you know, because I think that in a lot of ways, Gary did the things he set out to accomplish. You know, I think he really did get to live this rock star life and he wasn't supposed to like, he like, like Brian said, he was not, no one in a million years thought he was going to do this, you know? And, and my whole like line that I use is that, you know, he flew too close to the sun, but at least he flew, you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of like the spirit that I wanted people to walk away uh, understanding about Gary and so I, I was with him filming and I said, Gary, do you want the film to have a, a happy ending or a sad ending? Knowing that he's going to want it to have a happy ending. He, I mean, he really want, he, he does exude uh, this joy and he really does want people to, to experience that too. And so he just like impromptu just starts saying like, we want everybody to be happy happy and he just starts singing this song that he's making up uh, mostly making it up on the spot and in my head i was like okay well we're gonna end with this obviously and then when we were in the edit you know actually it was brian's idea to have the other puppets come through and so we had scott work on a musical component of this that is part of the bed of that song the musical bed of that song. And then like we have some Malcolmus guitar that we kind of sampled from a live show in there. So it ends up becoming this like actual collaboration of sorts of those three guys. And we said to, to, to Scott uh, and Steven like, Hey, like, what do you like? What do you think of like calling the, like, can we call this a pavement song? Is that, and they were like, yeah, it's, this is a pavement song. So like in this weird way, <laughs> They 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 made a new pavement song, you know, and it's silly and goofy. Uh, who Brian? Who who said it was like the uh, yellow submarine or like the s- s- octopus's guard? Ugh. Somebody like made a, a funny reference. Like, uh, to, like, that, was, that was probably Jeff. Okay, yeah, uh, like it was like the silly, you know, Beatles song. Uh, aside from like the rest of their catalog, this was like the the goofy one that uh, you know. Was written by Ringo or something, you know. But it's uh, it's still it's a Beatles song, you know. That's that's how I see it, and uh, it's kind of like an Easter egg at the end because if you if you blink, you'll miss that it says this like name of the song by Pavement. Right, right, right. Three or whatever. Yeah, it's very clever. Uh, so that's again, it's like what I was getting back to before, where I'm like, I know the fans are gonna like this, like if you're a fan of the band and there's a brand new song, even if it's a silly song, like how are you not going to at least like appreciate that? Right. So again, like that really helps uh, fuel all of my own uh, neuroses around everything. I was just like, you know what? I know the fans are going to like this. They have to like this. So that was another one where I was like, this will work. This will work. Well, I'm a pretty big fan and I, and uh, I enjoyed it. 
quite quite a bit. You're you're very right about the ending. It uh, it happened to me unconsciously though, like subconsciously, I suppose, um, <laughs> rather than unconsciously. <laughs> uh, that song shifts a gear, like it really does shift a gear, and mm-hmm. it takes you from you know contemplating this um potentially contemplating oh this poor old man you know to to that that image that you have in your image library of gary standing outside in the sun in the background mm-hmm. you know and it's so optimistic it's it's such a great photograph mm-hmm. um I, i'm guessing it's from you know, it's it's a frame from the film, yeah. Um, but it looks gorgeous, and Thank I you. just think that um, I I just think that uh, it's a it's a, a real beautiful tribute to to Gary that you've assembled. Thank you, JD. That obviously means a lot to us because you know we we know how much uh, this world how important it is and so if you uh if you liked it then we're we, we did our job so thank you if if anything what did what did you learn in your time with gary young you know something that you could take away rather than something you learned about him necessarily did you get any pearls of wisdom that's really hard uh so you so there was a time when um, when we're talking about this like Japanese magazine that after he left pavement, this magazine in Japan asked him to do like this Dear Abby advice column. Yeah, that was so bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're talking about this and this didn't make it into the film, but I said, Gary, do you have any advice for us? about making the film. And he said, be honest, tell the truth. Don't, don't like, you know, make shit up or whatever. Don't like, don't be dishonest about it. And there were times in the edit where like, I'm looking at this footage of shooting Gary where he's like really drunk and it's, it's really sad in some parts of the film. And I'm like, is this okay? Like to depict this man like this, you know? And I literally kept thinking back to him saying that, like, just be honest. And so every time I was faced with a a question of how should we be portraying this person? I think that like his instinct was correct. Like, and, and he kind of gave us permission in that way to sort of say, Hey, this is the reality. Like, that is okay. Like that's part of the, the way that you should be telling the story, you know? And I think that was a real blessing to have in my head for the film in the edit, because like I said, there are times when you, you start to wonder about the ethics of things and and so forth. Can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But you know, he was like kind of, he gave us permission in that, in that sense, even just with a, a very quick response to the, to the question that, yeah, w- was actually important uh, for us in the, in, in putting this together. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because I, I, I can't imagine the feeling being in an editing room and, and seeing something that can move a story mm. or create a story. And having to choose whether or not to, you know, use that footage. Right. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's a tough, tough gig. You, <laughs> you guys made it look. You guys made it look. Uh, you made it look easy. It it it, 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 it does match the pavement aesthetic. It, hmm. it looks, you know, it's got a lo-fi look. It, it mm-hmm. feels really great. Brian, you've known Gary for a long time. What has been your biggest takeaway or learn from? Well, I, I'm just grateful that this allowed me to spend more time with, with Gary. 
you know, I, I left Stockton uh, back in 1983 to go to school uh, in San Francisco. And then uh, right out of university, uh, I ended up getting a job up here in Vancouver and moved away. And so uh, I didn't really get to spend much time with Gary. We'd talk on the phone occasionally. Um, but, you know, this project allowed me to go back and spend time with, with Gary and his uh, wonderful wife, Jerry. And, uh, you know, and just uh, hang out with my old friend again. So I'm, I'm very cool grateful that. for that. Yeah. How cool is that? And then you, and then you got to make a movie about him. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, really. It's been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time to talk to this old fool. Um, this has been really great. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to see the film. I will definitely see it in a theater uh, <laughs> setting. Um, I, I think it, the soundtrack alone with the right theater, it, it's going to sound great. You know, it, it's going to look great. So I want to see it in that setting as well. Um, but I'm really pleased again that you took some time to, to talk to me today about this, uh, this really interesting, fascinating movie that you've made louder than you think uh, about the fantastic Gary Young. Thanks for having us, JD. It's really a, a pleasure to speak Thank with you. Thank you very here. much. Boy, did I almost step on that. 
um, you know, when a song is ending, you gotta wait for it to end. That's that's this isn't fucking AM radio. You know, you wait for it to end. And uh, like I expect most people listen to this on headphones. Uh, I, I don't know that to be true, but I, I suspect that to be the case, so they can hear the you know the music outros. At any rate, I want to thank Jed and Brian for stopping by. That was a really great conversation. Um, again, maybe a little too high. I hope not. Uh, it seems like you know we got to where we needed to go. And that's that everybody needs to go see this movie. If you're tangentially related to pavement or have, um, you know, a tangential, um, I, you know, response to the band, you know, uh, you got to do it. Slanted and Enchanted turns 31 tomorrow. Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday the 20th. Slanted and Enchanted is 31 years old. Holy shit. Uh, other than that, Podless, come on. You going to do this or what? Talk to me. JD at MediumAlchemist.com. Would love to hear from you and let you... Uh, let have you let me know that there is a song coming my way. We'll see. We'll see. That's what I got for you. So stay cool and uh, be well and uh, wash your goddamn hands. Meeting Mountains is a weekly affair and is a production of Duver Podcasts and Such. Rate, review, share, and sponsor at meetingmalchemist.com. Connect with JD at jd at meetingmalchemist.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me everywhere at Meeting Malchemist. Duver! Podcasts and such.